860-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460-KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460-KXNO, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours right up until noon on a busy Wednesday on the program uh, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. In about 25 minutes, we will speak with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. going to do NFL with Vinny, as that's how he makes his living. Uh, but earlier in his life, he was, if you've listened to the program, a, Trent, help me out, a two- or a three-time Jeopardy champion. I believe a two-time champion got beat on the third day, if uh, my memory serves there. But he's a champion. He is indeed. But he didn't qualify for the All-Star Jeopardy. We're not no. going to linger on it, but I do want to get his take on it as a guy who sat under the bright lights and answered the questions and made a boatload of money, at least two days worth of earnings before he bowed out and uh, get his take on that. I think that's appropriate on no a sports doubt. show, right? We can do that for a few minutes. I love we Jeopardy, get... as we've talked about yeah, before. Yeah, you do. It, you and your wife, right? It's a nightly occurrence. We love watching that show. And uh, boy, you know, just watching Alex Trebek up there as he still con- continues well, his battle. Did you see him the other day, by the way? Choke up, yeah. Oh my God, I choked up. And I'm right there with you. Good for you. You're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's starting to hit. Wait till you start crying at commercials as I do. Getting closer. <laughs> you are getting closer. Anyway, so we're going to talk to Vinny Iyer toward the bottom of the hour. We'll start with some Jeopardy stuff just to get his take and uh, then uh, segue to the NFL. Kenny White's scheduled to join us at 1045, except I forgot to text him until oh. just like two minutes ago. Uh, so he I hope he can uh, come on and join us because I've got some questions for Kenny White. He is uh, one of the bigger names in uh, in sports wagering in uh, in Nevada in, in the history. Quite honestly, um, set many of the lines for some of the biggest properties on the Strip uh, back in the '80s and '90s, and carved out a nice living after that. We've got some news. I guess DraftKings, uh, as of uh, yesterday, is now in the state of uh, DraftKings FanDuel. Oh, okay. Uh, DraftKings has been in the state. FanDuel was uh, given approval by the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission on Monday, so they began their um, doing business in the state of Iowa as of yesterday. So there's now an option along with DraftKings fan duel in the state. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Kenny White on sports. Nate Toit's going to join us. I thought he was coming on last week when you were gone. Mm-hmm. But I had my weeks messed up. So Nate Toit from the Des Moines Buccaneers is going to slide on in here. It was really timely last week because when you were gone, the... World Series cheating Houston Astros scandal broke. Oh, yeah. I, I maintain, Trent, this is one of the bigger stories of the year in sports. And it's sad that it's... No, it's not sad. It's football season. It is, yes. <laughs> Let me go wash my mouth. King out with football. King football. But football season's just going to push everything to the back burner, right? And this story, to me, is a massive story that I don't think is getting the... Um, the light shine on it like it should. You know, it, it's so interesting because there is a part of baseball that is about stealing signs. It is finding an edge, doing right. whatever you can to get that. And for guys on second and trying to steal mm-hmm. what they're doing there, the third base coach, can we fig- figure out what the indicator sure. is? I mean, I did that in high school. We did that yep. in Little League. Everybody you're, does. You're trying to figure those things out. I remember as a Twins fan, Paul Mulder, when he was hired, one of the things that was talked about is he is one of the best at figuring out, A, 
guys tipping pitches. Mm-hmm. That was one of the great things he did as a player. And the second part was just that, being able to steal signs. He well, could he steal a a player, anybody's he? sign. That's at least what was the calling card for him. And he proved to be a pretty good manager. But that is a different conversation than what we're talking about no, here. No, th- this is electronically cheating. Yes. And the bang of the drum. Um, so anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, we'll, we'll talk about Nate's team, the Des Moines Buccaneers, and you know they are uh, not struggling to carve out their place in, in the winter sports uh, entertainment uh, business. They're, they've been here for a long time. They'll be here for a long time. Uh, well, so we'll do that with Nate, but I also, since, and the reason I want to talk about that with Nate, if you're unfamiliar with, with Nate Toit, is this this is a guy that worked his way up through the minor leagues and finally got to the show and lasted about a week. And, you know, there's so many guys like him that um, that don't get there. He got there. But part of this whole Astro stealing signs thing is was, you know, a guy makes his way. So let's use Natoid. He gets an opportunity for the first time and he has to be playing the Astros. And the Astros know what's coming from mm-hmm. Toit uh, or and fill in the blank. And this guy never gets an opportunity because he was so bad uh, against a team who was taking liberties and, and flat-out cheating. So anyways, well, I'm going to get his take on what's going on there before we get into the box. Uh, David Kaplan is going to be here. It's Wednesday. Centurion Stone makes it uh, possible for Cappy. Uh, we taped Cappy about an hour and a half ago. Uh, so Cappy will join us at 11.15. The reason we taped Cappy, he's on the air at the same time we are uh, over in Chicago on ESPN 1000. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to have Cappy every Wednesday. We're grateful to them for that. And then Bill Bender will slide on in here and we will recap the college football playoff rankings. Take a look ahead to this week. Dot, dot, dot before we get out of here at noon. Wasn't shocked last night at your favorite TV show. Mm-hmm. Did you tune in? I did. Had it on. Yep. I wasn't fully engaged. Oh, but I was. But I was there. Alabama at five. For that, now. That's the story, right? Play, uh, that and the Big 12 is out. Because I just don't, I don't see a path for the Big Twelve to get into to the pack, the back, the Pac twelve winner, assuming they get to the championship game, and with one that's loss. the assumption. How right. how often have we had these conversations True. in college football? There's still two weeks left. There is. Yep. And Oregon still has to play Oregon State. And Oregon mm-hmm. State has stunk at times this year. Yeah, but they're better than they thought. I thought they were going to. And be they trend. can score points at times. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, it's a rivalry game, and something funky happens, mm-hmm. and they get their second loss, and then they go and they beat. Utah in the championship game. Mm-hmm. They're not putting a two-loss Pac-12 champion in there. I, I don't think they are. And then maybe that would open the door. I just don't see any way that Alabama survives this because... Two-loss Big Ten champion? Wisconsin so beats does, Ohio State? Does a two-loss Big Ten champion not name Ohio State get in? Ohio State has to play Penn State this week, yep. then Michigan, yep. then either Wisconsin or Minnesota. Very tricky. I think they get in with one loss. But if there's two... They're on the outside looking in. I, I don't think, think so a two-loss Wisconsin team is getting into the playoff. Alabama drops another game. This thing is still much uh-huh. more open than people believe. There are a lot more dominoes that are out there, mm-hmm. but I was not surprised by any means because it is Alabama, but I think that's the biggest talking point is that still they them stayed at five, five. That they stayed at five, mm-hmm. even with the loss of Tua. I think next week's the, um, and, and they play, I don't even know. They Western play. Carolina. Western Carolina, I think you're right. Uh, but re- yeah, regardless of that, where they where they fit after that, because I, look, maybe, maybe Jones is a hell of a player. You know, maybe he yeah, is. Yeah. Um, we'll see in the Auburn game in the Iron Bowl. Coming he had a lot up of like offers. Weeks. He's not a walk-on. That's just it, right? He was a four-star. Didn't yeah. somebody tell yeah. us he was a four-star? Um, so, 
That, um, and he's got a great Alabama name, Mac yeah, Jones. Yeah, he does. He, he does. Uh, but a big story. You're, you're right. That I, I, The Big 12 is going to need a ton of help, Trent. I think yeah. that was maybe my, one of my bigger takeaways. I have no problem with Penn State being 8 and Minnesota 10, even though we had that uh, go back a couple of weeks ago, Minnesota beat Penn State. It's Yes, that's part of the criteria, but that's only one of the... Uh, factors that they that they look at, um, you know, that was one of the big beefs, I guess. No change in the top six. You know what we're trending towards in the AAC, assuming Memphis holds off SMU, and I guess Navy's right there too. Um, we're, we're we're trending to Cincinnati and Memphis in back to back weeks. They play each other the final week, the final oh, Saturday do they? of the regular season, and then. You would assume uh, that Cincinnati's going to hold their place and uh, in the at the top of the East. I mean, I get the AAC doesn't move the needle, but that's something that uh, I don't think is the optimum uh, with how you want this to work. Out. My conference, your conference, the American, yes. love the American. Yeah, it would be disappointing though to get the same game served up two different times. Yeah. Cincinnati, oh, kind of lingering on the brink no, here, too. No, you're right. They had a nice win over UCLA. And granted, UCLA wasn't very good at the time. They're better now. Uh, Zuba Mahante reached out to me right after we got off the air yesterday at 10.30. said he messed up. Uh, the, the Pac-12 championship is still on Friday night. Oh, is it? Okay. But here's the good news. and In one way, no, no in a number of ways. I'm glad Zubin, um was inaccurate. It's, I think, the lone... Instead of getting lost out there, because there are a bunch of game championship games on championship sure. Saturday, as you would assume, um, because at night, what goes on? The ACC and the Big Ten championship, and at the Big the Ten time. moves the needle here, right? Absolutely. So the Pac-12 would have been out there, and sure, it's a, in all likelihood a de facto early. You could call that a quarterfinal if you want championship game. But the, the Pac-12 is all by itself. On Friday night, 7 o'clock on ABC. The Mac also plays their championship Friday night, don't they? No, they've moved to Saturday at they've 11. moved to Saturday same time as the uh, Same time as the Big 12. And the Big 12, you know, I've seen Big 12 fans complain about that. Oh, we got this early window. Mm-hmm. A, we've seen with the early window and what Fox has done, yes. how good that window can be. And again, you're fighting the Mac. Right. You're, you're looking you're for eyeballs. You're fighting the Mac in the Sun Belt. Yeah, you're going to be in good shape uh-huh. there. I understand there's been some great games of the past. Texas A&M upsetting Kansas State and keeping them out of the mm. national championship way back in the Bowl Coalition yep. days and, and on and on and on. But there, there's other conferences now. There's other teams out there. And frankly, when you take a look at viewership, the Big Ten is there. And the eyeballs are going to go to the Big Ten. Indeed. It's just it's strictly demographics. Unless you get an Oklahoma-Texas matchup as opposed to a matchup in the Big Ten of Oh, what we saw a few years ago, Michigan State, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly moving the. It certainly did here, but I get your point. But right. nationally, yep. it doesn't. Short of that, you're not going to beat the Big Ten. There's a reason those mm-hmm. demographics are there. It's eyeballs. It's pretty big footprints, right? No it doubt is. about that. Uh, Iowa's at 17. They move up three spots. They were the biggest mover uh, this week in in the poll, and Iowa State finds a way to get in. I guess you could call them as big a mover as anybody because they moved from the outside to spot 22, but they weren't ranked uh, and now find themselves at uh, 22. And you would assume that they would stay there after Kansas and then K-State. And then it's all about where is everybody going to be going bowling. Uh, but a couple of weeks left to play. And, and Trent, you're 100% right. And in a roundabout way, I hope we see it. Um, a little bit of carnage is what I'm referring mm-hmm. to. Look, I'm I, looking ahead to the semifinals. And we'll get to Iowa State and Southern Miss in a second. I want to talk about you and I as well because they had another big win last night. They did. Um, I wish you would have texted me and told me it was on. For I'm sorry. out loud. Um, the Mac games were both stinkers last night, but at least my Jets were holding off the Preds. Uh, so that's where that's where I spent a lot of my night. But um, 
Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the 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 semifinal game, two versus three. I mean, Ohio State Clemson's almost unfair. It's almost unfair. One of those two teams is going home. So who would you bump out? Is it LSU? You bump down? I think LSU has defensive question marks, Trent, that, that to me are as big of a talking point in this thing as, you know, who finishes number four. If it's Ohio State and Clemson at two and three, I think that those two teams are the best two teams in the country because of LSU's defense. And look, yeah, but LSU's going to have the Heisman winner. Who cares? No, look, that's not fair. Who cares? It's a big trophy. But that shouldn't factor in that shouldn't to LSU getting the one overall. But LSU has gone out. Be- They've played great teams. Yes. Florida yes. and Auburn yes. and at Alabama and uh-huh. at Texas and at Mississippi State. They've it. won and they have beat all comers. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Ohio but, State's bludgeoned all comers. They have, and they're going and to ramp Clemson up their schedule is now. Clemson and boy, I still think that this team they might be the best team in college football, and the they're going to get into stinks the, so that's bad. true. There's I been agree. so much of that conversation, and I just I can't go down that road because. Who they played? Mm-hmm. Texas A and M in Week One. Yeah, no. I mean, think of what we thought we knew back in Week One. And early in September, Trent, this was not the best Clemson no. team. This is a much better Clemson. But the defending national championship is going to get to that part at a point that, uh, as an unbeaten team, and sit as the third overall seed. You know, one of the uh, good luck whoever gets the deuce th- this time of year. Of course, people are coming out with theories what the playoffs should look like and what an eight team, a sixteen team bracket would look like, and on and on and on. One of the favorite things, and I've never heard this this thought before, but we have a selection committee. We have a group of people that get together and determine mm-hmm. the four teams that are going to get in. But it's different every year. There are some years where, really, it's pretty cut and dry. There's two teams that should play for the national title. <laughs> yeah, this year, Alabama and Clemson. Right. This year, there are three teams that you feel more confident than the rest of what they've but done to this point. go back to May, June, and July. There's two teams, and it's right. going to be the same two teams again. And, and some years, there's four, five, mm-hmm. six teams. The TCU-Baylor year, when mm-hmm. they were left out as opposed to Ohio State getting in, that was really six teams probably deserve to be in the playoffs. So we have this committee. We have all this opportunity. I just blow the whole thing up and say, the committee decides how the playoff is going to be structured, how this is going to be set up. So some years, it's a 14 playoff. Others, it's two. Others at six. Well, don't do two. <laughs> and it, it, on and on and on. And you set it up that way. It's never going to happen. I get that. But it was a theory that at least made me, got my gears moving a little bit because anymore, I mean, there's just so many of those out there and I just roll my eyes and mm-hmm. not going to happen. I love that idea. I love put it in the committee's hands and say, this is what it's going to be this year. We're going to have a four or five matchup to get in to the playoff because there are Wouldn't five. Wouldn't that be teams. something? How I mean, big would that game be? Exactly. Those kind of things. But it is. Because it's different every single year, allow them the flexibility to do that. Yeah. It'll again, it'll never happen. But I love the idea. It's like the like baseball, right? With the with their with their playing game yes, on Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays. Make the the five or the the four or five or they would play. Look, Army Navy play on Saturday is a standalone game in the middle of the afternoon. How about we go to, at night to a neutral site and we watch the four and five teams collide for an opportunity to take that? And you think those seven. teams are going to say no to that Gordon opportunity? Ford, and you think ESPN's going to turn that down? No. Trent's going to be a freaking bonanza because CBS has the college football. That Maybe day. you get the three six that's happening there, or it's not happening this year. There's four teams that deserve to be in, and we're going to go with four this year. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to have some change, but we're not going to have any change until the end of the television contracts. Look, as far as this year's go, Trent, the Pac-12, the Pac-12, the Big Twelve champion. 
I think is on the outside looking in. I don't know if a win over Oklahoma State. Uh, they've got TCU this week. Um, then Oklahoma State and Bedlam. Then it's seemingly another rematch against Baylor. And Baylor's at 14. Oklahoma State is just above Iowa State in this thing. I can't see a path unless it's completely nuts in the final couple of weeks for Oklahoma not to get one of those four spots. I just can't. It's going to take something ridiculous like... Well, the Pac-12's got a, the Pac-12 champion has to be a two-loss team. That has to be a piece of it. Maybe a two-loss SEC champion, too. And so there's not a chance of two teams getting there. That would mean Georgia would have to lose to Georgia Tech, yeah. which isn't going Who to happen. Who does Georgia have this week? Don't they have somebody? They do. They play... Um, is it A&M? They, yeah, A&M at home in uh-huh. Athens, but uh-huh. talented team. Kellen Mons goes, baby. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, Georgia's got to be a double-digit favorite, aren't they? The same thing. Big Ten champion has two losses. We talked about maybe uh-huh. the path of not only Ohio State losing one of these two games, but then Wisconsin coming back and winning the championship. There are chances there, but it's not real. I shouldn't say it's not realistic. It's not likely that the path is going to open up for the Big 12. I'm with you there. Who do you think the best team in college football is right now? Ohio State. I don't, too. I think it's them or Clemson. See, and I, I just... What do you think that number would be? If we send in, in any of those point spreads? Look, the look-ahead lines. Yeah. Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, any of those ga- any of those three games are going to be within a field goal, wouldn't they? At least as the teams are currently uh, constructed. Georgia, LSU. No, not, not Georgia. Of the top three teams. Oh, of the top three teams. Yes, yes. Of the I don't see any way no. that that's three and a half or more any direction. You would you cut. take Ohio State Clemson winner over LSU? I would. I would. Yes, yeah, because Just because of the defense. Because of the defense. Mm-hmm. But the defense has shown more cracks as the season has gone on. Yep. Is that fair? They're scoring at a level we've never seen LSU score before. Right. That needs to be a piece of it too. There just there are so many different angles here. Oh, it's a great time. What a great TV show. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you're on board, aren't you? I knew it. You'd for come a week. Around. For a week. Uh, you'd come around. All right, let's do this. Um, Iowa State last night. Look, it was it was Cyclones.tv. I hate not watching the two needle movers, Trent. I yeah. don't. I come and I feel like I'm not prepared, and I'm not. I got a box score to go by in Twitter, and Jared Stansberry and Travis Hines and Randy Peterson, and thank you guys for you know being uh, at Hilton last night and tweeting out the, as uh, as you did. Um, I don't know. Seems like Condit's a player, right? I can't wait to watch them play. Yeah, it's even the Oregon State game. It was on a Saturday. The loss that they took, but. Yeah, it was, it was Pac-12 Network. Yeah, it was right. Pac-12 yeah, Network. We don't get Pac-12 mm-hmm. Network, so even that one. It's been a little frustrating not being able to to see if it's matching up with what you're hearing about these uh-huh. guys. I think it's a team, though, coming along a little bit more slowly than anticipated. I thought they'd be better at this point, at least from what I have heard, than, than it feels like they are right now. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't have... I can't form an opinion without right. seeing them. Now, next uh, week it'll be different. We'll yeah, get to see you play Michigan. and Well, here we are, right? We, we were at possibly this point. Carolina. Yeah, we're at these points where these games now, uh, as far as not being able to see them, that goes away. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Halliburton's averaging a double-double. And Trenton's an unbelievable player, as we know. I think Solomon Young has been a, as, uh, not a revelation, but he's certainly come back uh, as good as advertised. Both of the youngsters, uh, Jackson and Grill. Grill seemingly, and I bought stock in him. You mm-hmm. bought stock in Jackson. Um, I think the, both of these guys off to a good start. Condit is the guy. Condit, Halliburton, and maybe Young are the three guys that seemingly are garnering the most headlines right now. Looks like Michael Jacobson struggled last night. Uh, Prentice Nixon is a lockdown defender. We know that about him. So we'll see, and we'll get to see when they play. When is the Michigan game? 
Is it next Wednesday, I believe? It's at 11 a.m., so we'll be able to to watch and react in real time. It is the 27th, so it's a week from today, and it is 11 o'clock in the morning on ESPN. Might have to do Cappy in the 10 o'clock hour that day. No, we absolutely will do Cappy in the 10 o'clock hour. All right, Vinny Iyer's coming up here in about five minutes. We're going to do some NFL with uh, with Vinny, uh, but also we're going to do some Jeopardy stuff with him. Kenny White's going to slide on in here at 1045. Maybe we'll ask him what his opinion is. He's a line maker. We'll, uh, we'll, when he's sitting dead red, we'll okay. throw him some breaking stuff. Uh, see what he thinks the look-ahead lines on Ohio State Clemson will be. And LSU, throw them in the mix. Yeah. I, I wonder what that point spread would be. That'll be a fun one there. Hey, what other basketball note, as, as you mentioned, well, I didn't you mention your you. Panthers. Boy, Trey Burhau, who is a kid that they got kind of late in the process last year. He uh-huh. was a transfer from Pepperdine, but he's a Minnesota kid. Want to get closer to home? I mean, leaving Malibu yeah, for Cedar Falls. Tough, right? That's, yeah. that's culture shock. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, one of the most. I'm, Unbelievable campuses. You've seen pictures, mm-hmm. reviewer Ben to Malibu in that Pepperdine campus. It is idyllic. Was it Nate Gearing, the kid from Waukee that went there too? I remember somebody did six, it. seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was. And I mean, you got a destination. You got mid majors after you. Yeah, go to Pepperdine. <laughs> yeah. that, that's if a that's very good one, one of your options. But it didn't feel like. Well, he's transferring. He'll sit out. Well, he played last year, and he was okay mm-hmm. at times. He can really shoot it. Trent, he was eight for eleven from behind the three off last, last night. night. The Panthers. I watched a little bit of their game. Headed on the second. Who did the uh, play-by-play? Uh, Eric Wells, I believe it was. Okay. Guy from up in Cedar Falls. Uh, watched him Saturday as they almost blew the game against Northern Colorado. Had that one on for a little bit, too. Pretty good team, though. I, I think the MVC is, again, not very good. Missouri State's the most talented team, mm-hmm. but they have struggled out of the gate. They brought in a couple of grad transfers. They're looking to push the right buttons. If Fife stays healthy, and that's the biggest if they're big sure. guy, this team can win the league. And this team certainly has a good chance down to St. Louis. Remember last year... Now, they had the lead in that championship game. Mm-hmm. They were a couple of plays away from playing in the NCAA tournament, maybe a year ahead of schedule. A.J. Green has showed continued improvement out of him. This is a solid team. They're going to be good. Unfortunately, won't get to see them against the big boys this year as the big four is going away. Yeah, I know no doubt about that. And of course, Evansville has one of the marquee wins uh, in non-conference. And they gave it back. Yeah, I saw that, that they were unable to, uh, uh, to follow up on that. But you know what? They'll always have that win in Lexington uh, at Rupp over Kentucky. Vinny Iyer joins the program next. Kenny White, 1045. Nate Toit's coming in at 11. Uh, we will talk with Cappy today. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. We're grateful to them for that. And then Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll uh, get back into the college football play- playoff rankings and a look ahead. Trent and I are with you until noon. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night. You're on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com in about 15 minutes. Right now, our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, one of them at the Sporting News. He joins the program. We'll get to the NFL in a second. Uh, Vinny, a Northwestern grad. We won't get to that in a second, Vinny. We'll save you that. Um, good to talk to you as always, Vinny Iyer. How are you? Uh, doing well. I'm uh, hoping for the big upset against Minnesota this week. Uh, that would be... The only highlight of the season, so we'll see if that happens. But, uh, yeah, not looking good there for the Wildcats. 
Been a tough year, no doubt about it. Well, Vinny, as we've uh, said many times to our audience, you're a two-time Jeopardy champion, and it was just announced last week, uh, the greatest of all time. Of course, we just watched uh, Holzhauer just run through Jeopardy as he did week upon week. I remember Ken Jennings, but there's another guy that's part of it, and his name, I I believe it's Brad uh, Rutter um, is how you pronounce his name. I don't remember him. so He doesn't lose. He doesn't. This guy doesn't lose. He doesn't lose. Right, so on, on the surface, Vinny is that uh, they got the right three guys. Clearly, um, how good is this going to be potentially? It's pretty good. I mean, Brad Rutter's never lost because he played in the era where he could only play for five games. Ah, the era that I played in. So he was a five day guy. Won that tournament champions. Won all these Masters things. I think the only person or entity he's lost to is Watson, the IBM wow. computer. So. So there's that info for you, the <laughs> breakdown there. But also for the breakdown, uh, maybe Las Vegas biased by being with uh, James Holzhauer, a Vegas sports gambler mm-hmm. of note. But he's the favorite in this one. So that's kind of interesting that these two guys maybe just recency biased with uh, James Holzhauer. But I'm excited for January 7th. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be the same night as the uh, championship game as well. No, it's the following week. The championship, the yeah, it's the championship following week. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of big championship before yeah. that. So uh, <laughs> it should be fun. I think uh, Jeopardy's taking on a new life. I mean, getting ABC treatment with this mm-hmm. one. So I, I think um, he's been good for Jeopardy because he's got the attention back on it again, uh, just like Julia did a few years ago. I think that's good. He's a, it's a sport, or it's a sport in a way because yeah. a lot of people are obsessed with it, and. Uh, it's a time maybe we should pay attention to it because we never know with Alex Trebek and him getting older Sadly, and being, yeah. battling something. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch, but I'm sure there's going to be some betting action on that as well hmm. with the sports gambler involved. No doubt about it. Hey, Vinny, speaking of you know the future of that program and, and you being a, a small part of it and your run that you had back, what, 20 years ago, Vinny, is there somebody that makes sense to you to take over the hosting duties? It's going to be such huge shoes to fill, but is there a name or two that you've heard bandied about that you would like to see? Uh, yeah, this one is going to be interesting. I don't know if they go with the actor-comedian type route. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be hard. You need someone kind of... Uh, Cerebral to do this as well. I mean, we've seen Jeff Probst host uh, the uh, music version mm-hmm. of Rock and Roll Jeopardy, so I don't know if he's an option. He seemed to be pretty good at doing that. I don't know how long Survivor is going to keep going here. It's the same thing over and over again on, the, on an island, so I don't know how many things <laughs> we can go there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people will want that. I don't think it's going to be appropriate for someone like Steve Harvey, <laughs> someone like that, who's yeah. more of a comedian, but... It's going to be someone with a quick mind. So maybe you'll get a newscaster or someone like that that's interested in doing it. And uh, we'll see. I think it'll be fun. And uh, I'm sure there'll be betting odds with that as well coming up soon. No, no doubt. All right. NFL after after this one, Vinny, I'm sure that, you know, we talk seemingly every couple of weeks and we're grateful for uh, you giving us the time. But if you had to bet today, would you bet Rudder? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, he's always prepared. I mean, he's one of those guys that. He's kind of made his whole career about being a Jeopardy uh, champion, and that's been his whole life. So, I would I would bet on him right now, just because he has the most wealth of knowledge overall. It really, I mean, we know what it's going to come down to: who gets the daily doubles in that game, and uh, that's really going to determine all this. But 
Ken Jennings, I think, is a solid player, but I think these two guys are a little bit more knowledgeable. Well, Vinny, I could talk uh, Jeopardy with you all day long, but I'm going to guess the audience is ready to get into some NFL talk. Certainly a lot of different angles to go this week. I want to take you first to, to New England and the Patriots. We've talked about Tom Brady a couple of different times, and there are moments in the game that he does look older still. Where are you with him as a quarterback, and and when we get to January, still good enough in your mind with that defense to get back to the Super Bowl and win another? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have won with the defense before. I mean, that was really the crux of their first three, yes. the first mm-hmm. dynasty, so to speak, is that they were a defensive team. Yep. Tom Brady was more the caretaker, protect the ball, make a few plays to win games. That said, I don't know how good the Patriots' defense is because you really look at it, I think they faced one really good offense that can do everything this year. That was the Ravens, and they That'd didn't be, beat them. Right. So, I mean, so I mean, the Eagles were definitely a shorthanded, compressed offense. They haven't been good for several weeks mm-hmm. here doing anything. So you look at the Cowboys, I mean, this is a great test because there's not much the Cowboys can't do. They can run the ball. They can throw down field. They can throw short to intermediate routes. They have a running quarterback who can move and do things. And Dak is playing out of his mind, by the way. So we've seen Lamar Jackson and uh, Russell Wilson in the MVP race, but this is a big opportunity for Dak in a very highly watched national televised game here that if he puts on a show here, he's leading the NFL in passing yards. If he can uh, take down the Patriots, then people are going to remember that. I mean, Lamar did a great job against them, but for Dak can light them up. There's someone to watch there as well. It's a big test for the Patriots' defense. The, I never thought I'd ask this question. Is the Patriots' offense going to be able to score mm. enough for them to win this game and, uh, more importantly, down the line, win the Super Bowl? I mean, they got the Texans coming up and the Chiefs. and the, I mean, they could sh- shut down elements of what the Texans and Chiefs do, but are they going to score enough on the other side? I think those teams have a lot of firepower. So next three weeks, really is going to define how we feel about the 2019 Patriots. Uh, Vinny Ayers, our guest, two-time Jeopardy winner, of course covers the NFL at SportingNews.com. Vinny, help us out with the, at the top anyways, of the NFC North. Um, you know, the Packers and the Bears, it seemingly is going to go, it's between one of these two teams. The Bears just, they're floundering right now with their quarterback troubles, etc. Et but the Packers and the Vikings are set up to, you know, to decide this one in week 16, uh, late in the season. How do you see the top of the NFC North shaking out? Well, I think a lot of people are on the Vikings right now to win this division. Uh, I don't necessarily see it. I think the Vikings, uh, so far, I think their defense is a bit overrated. I think that's the biggest takeaway from the Vikings. Everyone keeps thinking it's a dominant Mike Zimmer defense, but you saw what they did for most of the game against the Broncos. The Broncos are not an explosive offense by any means. They were still able to get the ball downfield. I think that's going to be the biggest concern going forward is I don't think their pass defense is very good. Are they going to get too conservative at times and limited that way? That said, they're going to get healthier after this bye with Adam Thielen back. So the Vikings are definitely dangerous the way Kirk Cousins is playing, but they still have those games lingering there that those losses to the Bears and Packers early in the season that could come back to haunt them big time. So Packers obviously have a brutal test. They'll still be in first place if they lose this game, but – uh, the 49ers are going to be tough. We know the Packers have kind of not been as good in some spots, like the Chargers game we think about. So the consistency of the Packers hasn't always been there versus the Vikings. But it's going to be fun and close. But I really think we you know it's a two-team race at this point, and yeah. they come down to their uh, 
final matchup of the season in Minnesota. Uh, you're a very modest man. Trent just informed me I've been shortchanging you a win in Jeopardy. So three, three times. Three. Let me get this right. Hey, three <laughs> times. I've, I apologize, Vinny. Trent, go ahead. Hey, uh, Vinny, there, there's lots of different directions to go. I want to go to your old stomping grounds there in Chicago. Your thoughts on Mitchell Trubisky, Sunday Night Football, NBC. They always get the injury information, except in this instance, a lot of smoke screens, a lot going on. Your takeaway with Trubisky and this Bears team going forward. Yeah, it's definitely ugly, and we don't know how injured the hip is or if the hip is really injured. We're not going to really know. But I think the telling thing is you look at the next two games here. In the same week, turn around, play on Thanksgiving in Detroit. you get the Giants and Lions. Now, Mr. Trubisky, the one thing he's done early in his career was been the Buccaneers or Redskins. He's really good at picking apart bad defenses. And you've also seen that in some effects with Josh Allen as well, that mm-hmm. these young quarterbacks are good at doing that. But when they get a tougher matchup or they need to come through, it's hard. And they're not capable right now of overcoming other deficiencies on their team. And I think what the Bears need to do is, okay, hand it off to David Montgomery, use Terry Cohen out of the backfield to catch passes, make it a little simple for this guy. And you have some good weapons there. And I think part of it is they run into some bad matchups here for Mitchell Trubisky. Their offensive line has been beat up for sure. That's hurt. They can't find any consistency or health from their tight ends, which is a big part of their offense as well. So I'm not saying that uh, Trubisky isn't at fault for all this, but it's not been as good an environment for him to succeed. And uh, I think they just have to find simple things. They should encourage him to run a little bit more. That was a big part of what he did if he was in trouble. And, the Bills are still doing that with Josh Allen. Says, run out of trouble, do that. Make, do anything you can to win games. It doesn't have to be in a certain way, pocket pass or whatever. We've seen that. This is the new era of the NFL where your athleticism should be encouraged. So I think these are two critical critical games. Biggest week maybe for Trubisky's future with the Bears because these are games where he should, in theory, be very effective. And if he can't get the job done here, then you really worry going forward. Uh, last thing for me, Vinny, and and I'm a, admittedly uh, I've always appreciated and respected watching Philip Rivers play play football. Um, yeah, he's you know he's going to be one of those guys that uh, does a lot of good, but unfortunately doesn't get to the biggest stage. He'll be 38 in a couple of weeks. It seems like he's at the end. Uh, his skills. Do you see his skills eroding, Vinny? That uh, that we may be seeing the end of the Philip Rivers. Uh, era in the NFL? Well, I, I look at some of the games and you see some of the passes he makes and you're like, wait, his arm is pretty good. He's got good weapons. He's getting the ball to these guys in the right place. And then he'll throw something up in the air. So I don't know if it's his physical skills. I think sometimes he tries to play the hero too much. He doesn't take the shorter play. He wants the home run play all the time. You've got such a diverse passing game around you. You've got Austin Eckler. They're at their best when they're using Eckler and Gordon and using that as the basis and not trying to just have them throw down field. I mean, you've got a lot of weapons. I know your offensive line is beat up, but there's a lot of offensive lines that are beat up. You're still seeing your skill position players make plays for you. And a couple of things troubled me. He said, I don't care about interceptions. I just help, care about helping my team win. Well, the interceptions are what <laughs> made your team lose yeah. and made you forced to uh, throw the ball a lot at the end of the game. So I, I don't think that was acceptable and then the late huddle thing as well so there's a lot of mental mistakes with Philip Rivers he tends to have these meltdown seasons from time to time he could go three years where he looks awesome and you're saying okay future Hall of Famer 
Then he has this Eli Manning-type meltdown that's really terrible, and you don't know what to expect. So that's what he is. He's just a gunslinger. He's going to take his chances. He hasn't really changed the way he has played over the years. Some years he's been more efficient than others. So one thing I don't want with Philip Rivers, he's had such a good resume, been a durable guy all these years. Let's see if he can finish strong so we don't have this bad taste of him fading, and maybe that hurts the Hall of Fame kid. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, 100% behind you on that one. Three-time Jeopardy champion Vinny Iyer. Sporting News is where you can read Vinny as he opines on the uh, NFL. Vinny, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for coming on, as always. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News. All right, we'll take a quick time out. We'll head to Vegas next. Kenny White, kennywhitesports.com. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. And KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Off to Vegas we go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? Hi, Ken. Doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to another great weekend. As am uh, both Trent and I. You know what I'm looking forward to as well is once they open up that beautiful, what do they call it, Allegiant Stadium, uh, all the events that are going to make their way to Vegas, I guess in the Pac-12 Championship, there's going to be another major bowl that announced. I think they're going to keep the Las Vegas Bowl before Christmas, but have another one afterwards. At least uh, that's one of the plans I've seen. But uh, there's, you know, we all we know that the Golden Knights are there, the Raiders are coming, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Vegas, what a difference four or five years has made, huh? Oh, boy. It's so much fun to drive by the stadium on the I-15 that drives right through the middle of the city. And it's just watching it go up is incredible. I'm sure they've got a still camera on it. It's going to be fascinating to watch that once it's completely finished. But it it does look like it's going to be a beautiful stadium, and uh, I'm sure it will be, and it'll be a lot of fun for everybody in Nevada. We've we've just embraced the Golden Knights. Uh, the, the, the crowds are amazing mm-hmm. every single night at Knights games. You know, hockey has been big all over the country, but uh, I talked to so many people who say they've been games into Chicago, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Detroit, Boston. Nothing is like what they see here in Vegas. So getting into the games this weekend, it's certainly the spotlight game of the weekend, at least on the college side of things. Penn State, Ohio State, two mm. name-brand programs. The Buckeyes have looked as good as anybody in the country. I know a lot of people out there, people that maybe dabble just a little bit in point spreads but aren't weekly players or anything like that, absolutely shocked by this number. Came out, what, 17.5, 18 in some spots out there. Your thoughts on the Buckeyes and Nittany Lions? Yeah, what a big difference. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, Penn State was a seven-point favorite on the road at an undefeated Minnesota team. Now here they are, 18 uh, away at Penn State, or at, at Ohio State. Uh, you know, looking at what Ohio State's done, though, um, they may be a little underrated. I, I just amazed, wow. on average, they've out-yarded their last six opponents by 316 yards per game. Out-yarded them. It's just, you know, simply amazing. And, and there's some bad teams there, but there's also Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Nebraska at Nebraska. So, you know, some decent clubs. And then Northwestern with a decent defense. But Ohio State's offense is just clicking on all cylinders, averaging 51 a game. Now, I can't make a case for betting one of the teams at this price. I think the price is right. I think it is. I think that's where Ohio State should be. Uh 
It wouldn't shock me if Penn State covers. And if I had to pick somebody, my my power numbers show Ohio State minus 21. Um, But there is home revenge. Uh, Penn State lost last year 27-26. So now I knocked it down to 18 and a half. And that would be my number. So I don't have any other thing I can adjust into this because the game means so much to both teams, but I'd have to lean to the dog. But the play in the game that I do like that I did bet already is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these offenses and they're saying, how can anybody stop either offense? And when Ohio State scores as many points as they do, Penn State will score points in this game. So I like the game over. Ohio State averages 51.5 a game. The total is 57. So Give me over here, and you know I, I try to make cases for unders, and I stopped doing that after the Alabama LSU game. Mm. That was the last one I wanted to make a, a case for an under <laughs> in a big game. Mm. You know, I want to give me do this favor for me if you would on the fly. Look ahead to potentially the semifinal, Clemson, Ohio State, Kenny. I think these are the best two teams. Two weeks away from championship Saturday in college football, that's almost got to be a pick'em, right? Clemson, Ohio State on a neutral field. Yeah, um, do you want to leave out LSU, too? <laughs> I, yeah, well, because you think they're let's right there a, with them? Let's, yeah, let's do a th- yeah, three a three teams. I, I have Clemson right now. They're power rating number one in the country, 130.4, 130.4, and then Ohio State, uh, 129.7. So I have Clemson seven-tenths of a point better. Hmm. So basically maybe Clemson won if I'm going to yep. round it off and have to have a favorite for the general public to know who to bet. And then uh, LSU, 129.2. So I have Ohio State a half a point favorite over LSU. That's crazy. <laughs> Told you it was going to be tight. Yeah, it is. All right, let's do the, let's do the Pac-12. Let's, this game still means something to me, UCLA uh, and USC, uh, both teams. I think you know, UCLA's written a pretty good story, especially after the first three weeks. Once the calendar flipped to October, uh, how do you see UCLA uh, and USC in a class of Los Angeles? Yeah, there's obviously a lot to play for for both teams. Uh, UCLA did get the win last year, you know, uh, upset uh, victory, UCLA 34-27. So USC, a little bit of revenge this year. And I, can, I think this game means a lot to a lot of people who bet you, you, uh, USC over seven and a half wins because they're at seven and four right now. I'm sure Clayton, Clayton Helton's one of those guys too because this could save his job. If he goes eight and four, beats his biggest rival, and goes to a bowl game, uh, maybe, maybe it does save his job. I don't know, unless they're already talking to Urban Meyer. But uh, um, I didn't play the side. I thought I thought Southern Cal at minus 13.5 was the right number. I did play the total in this game, though. Another one, I like the over in it. Uh, open 62, it has gone up a half point to 62.5. Uh, Southern Cal's offense has been, I think, really playing their best they played this year. Uh, as of recent, they scored 41 last week on the road at a really tough California team who plays good defense. 31 the week before that against Arizona State, who uh, was without their quarterback, and Herm Edwards tried to play very conservative and keep the scoring down. So they only got 24 against Oregon, but not, it's not that bad of a uh, uh, you know, showing as Oregon's defense. 35 against Colorado and 41 against Arizona. So this offense is going to get their 35, 40 points in UCLA with Chip Kelly. They'll make up for last week. Boy, they were miserable last week against Utah, but they're not playing Utah's defense this week. They're going to go back to playing a defense they can put points up against. Uh, USC has been allowing 27 per game to everybody. So I see both teams here in the uh, mid to upper 30s, so over, over 62 and a half for me. 
All right, let's get the weekend off to a good start. Thursday night football in college, not the same as it once was. I think the NFL schedule yep. certainly has something to do with it. But you don't have to watch this game. We're just looking to make some money on it. <laughs> NC State, Georgia Tech, because I do not plan on watching this game at all. You got an opinion, though. Tell us what you got with the Wolfpack and the Jackets. Yeah, you just plug your nose and watch this one. These are two teams. <laughs> with the coaching change to Paul Johnson. I think we're losing you, Kenny. We are. Are you there? I believe we. Oh, okay. there, we lost you mid 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 sentence. Hello. Yep. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys just fine. Sorry about that. Okay. I didn't move. Must be the wet. It's raining out here in Vegas. No, oh. never rain. Well, it does, and it's oh, usually bad. It's been it's been raining all the time. in the same spot I always do. But um, if you can hear me well, I'll come within state and Georgia Tech. What are you going to do? I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to play NC State this game. Georgia, as I mentioned, with Paul Johnson and the, the transition. NC State has revenge from last year, and they still have bowl life. They need two more wins. If they get this win, they beat their biggest rival next week. They could finish with six wins, get a bowl. Georgia Tech right now playing seven either freshmen or sophomores on offense, five on defense. A lot of young kids playing for Georgia Tech right now. Their quarterbacks were combined 11 for 25, two interceptions last 81 yards. I think NC State's going to win this. Uh, KennyWhiteSports.com. Kenny, tell us what you got going on. Yeah, you know, same thing. We're revamping the website, so working with the programmers to get a nice new website. Well, that should be up next week. But all the same information, great information on there. The projections. Uh, I'm trying to. We're doing the website to make the projections a little easier. We're going to drop the price to nine ninety nine for a month, just in case you don't want to sign up for a year. We'll charge you for a month. You can check it out, see how you like it, uh, get your foot in the door, and then uh, that's uh, everything else is up there on the website. So KennyWhiteSports.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you, pal. Appreciate you coming on. Talk to you next week. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. When it rains in Vegas, yeah, the sewer system is not like we have here. It doesn't drain. Just backs up. Just backs up. I mean, floods like crazy. Yuck. And it doesn't rain very often, obviously. It's yes. a desert. But boy, when it does. Look out. Anyways, we will come back. Nate Toit's going to lead off the hour. David Kaplan is with us. So is Bill Benner from the Sporting News. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Iowa State football finishes its 2019 home football schedule against Kansas on Saturday, November 23rd at 11 a.m. Tickets start as low as $25 on Cyclones.com. Help send off the seniors by packing the Jack one last time this season as they play their final game in Jack Trice Stadium. Cyclones versus Jayhawks, Saturday, November 23rd at 11 a.m. Get your tickets now for as low as $25 at Cyclones.com. Iowa State football. 